Hey there, everybody. This is Pastor Lars Hammer from Lord of Grace Lutheran Church in Marana, Arizona. Thanks for tuning in on this. This is a video I'm making of my sermon for November 15th. In case you aren't able to catch it uh, at the service or in case we have streaming problems or something like that, whatever. Uh, I just wanted to have a chance to share this with you on video in case you couldn't catch it in person. So, uh, we'll get started today. I was thinking about a belief. There's a belief out there in popular culture. I run into it a lot. And it has to do with giving. The, the best example of it that I can think of is a little bit dated, but I think of uh, the biggest practitioner of this particular belief is Oprah. And I know she hasn't had her show on for a while. Uh, you see her occasionally on talk shows. She still has her own magazine where she's the cover of every magazine. But she had a big believer in this idea of this thing called the universe. And she talks about, uh, for example, with giving. When you give, the universe will give it back. Or when you think about something long enough and hard enough, the universe will make it happen. Or that somehow you can bend the universe to making it happen. I know she got in you know, took some flack for that belief because it gets real into kind of magical thinking like you have some sort of power to alter reality with your mind. Is that what you're saying? You know, that if I want that promotion, I just think about it hard enough and will it enough and then eventually the universe is going to make it happen for me. Um, and that was kind of what she was teaching. Uh, sometimes she'll, she would claim that what she was saying was teaching karma. But that's a Hindu uh, idea in Hinduism. There's a lot more to it than just sort of what comes around goes around. I know that's often how we do it. It's a bit more complicated if you delve into it. But, you know, I hear all this talk about the universe doing this or the universe doing that. And all I can think of is uh, if the universe is just this random gathering of particles and energy that randomly was created and is just slowly dying off and there's no purpose to it or meaning, it just randomly, spontaneously existed, then how in the world can the universe do anything for you? How can the universe make anything happen? And, but then I kind of think back and I remember, you know, Oprah grew up a Baptist. She went to church every week, and she doesn't now, but I wonder if what she's really trying to do is talk about God working in ways, but she doesn't want to use that word. It's, it's too narrow for her somehow. I mean, think about it. Who is it that says that if you ask for it, it shall be given to you? Who is it that says that the measure given will be the measure returned? Who says you do not receive because you do not ask, but ask and you shall receive? And I go, hmm, that's Jesus. The universe is just particles and energy, you know, slowly dissipating. But God is the one who listens to prayers who answers prayers. God is the one who makes giving return, who makes a blessing given become a blessing come back. 
Why is it so hard to just say God? If you read a verse like Proverbs 11, 24, 25, you get this idea. So here, here it is. It says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. You know how I'm always saying that God's ways are counterintuitive, that they run the opposite of how the world works, that God's ways are often the opposite of common sense? Well, here's another one of those. In worldly math, when I give, I just give, right? If I have $100 and I give away 25, I have $75. And $25 are not going to come back to me unless I'm into magical thinking where I think that if I give $25 away and, you know, then tomorrow on my doorstep, there will be three 20s just sitting there. And, uh, but, you know, it doesn't say one who gives freely will make money magically appear. It says, grows all the richer. Well, what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean to grow richer? It means that our lives are made better by giving. So when I think of being enriched, you gotta step back for a minute and say, okay, if I think of being enriched, am I only thinking about money? You know, what about all the other ways that life is enriched? You know, what about friends and family, uh, relationships, community, my church? I think of all the neighbors, you know, think, think of what enriches my life, my neighborhood, the neighbors around me, you know, living at peace, you know, people supporting you, people finding purpose and meaning, and all these things enrich my life, but they aren't things you can buy. They're only things that come from giving freely, from people giving to each other back and forth. That's what enriches us. There's a guy I drive by, uh, used to drive by in my car. I, I think it's easy to take for granted. He always reminds me how easy it is to take for granted things in life that make you richer, but you don't know how valuable they are until you see someone who doesn't live a life of any free giving at all. I think of this guy because I used to drive by him on this busy four-lane highway and the speed limit's 65, so everybody's going like 70 at least. And uh, it's this four-lane highway and his lot goes right up to the road. And so he puts up these giant signs, you know, getting big old poles and stacking plywood boards, two, three, four of them high, and then, painting them usually black and then covering them, getting out his brush, and he writes out these long, long rants, I mean like paragraph length rants on these boards up and down. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny because you know, he's, the guy's been doing it. I just found out he's still doing it. Uh, he did it, I remember when I was a kid, so he, the guy, I know this guy's been doing it at least since the early 90s, so 30 years now. And what does he rant about? Oh, well, he rants about, uh, politics and he rants about conspiracies and the new world order and everybody's a Nazi or a communist and and the end of America is coming soon 
the end of America has been coming since 1990-something. Uh, 30 years he's been predicting the end. It hasn't come yet. The new world order has not materialized. But I, I always think kind of the funniest part about all his rants is that he writes so much on the board you can't read it when you're going by. You have to, it, it, you just get a little glimpse and you get two, three words and you're gone. Yeah, to see anything you'd have to pull over and stop and look. Well, one day my friend and I did. We were driving down the road and we decided, let's find out what this guy is all about. So we actually stopped and we pulled over and we got out and we looked around his property. Not on his property because you can't get on his property because he's got a gigantic wall, mostly made out of wood, lots of brush overgrown by it. Uh, at least back then it had barbed wire, all sorts of stuff around it. Uh, and so my friend and I, we kind of peered through the boards in the fencing and looked in. Uh, it was kind of weird, I, you know, for a guy who's so protective of his stuff and so convinced that everybody's coming to get his stuff, I looked in and all I saw was like old farm buildings, like was this an old chicken farm or something, these long, uh, ero you know, rotting wood buildings, everything overgrown. Uh, but the gate, of course, had huge warning signs about, you know, we're going to shoot trespassers and commies and on and on and on. And, you know, here's what I thought. What a lonely, miserable existence. I mean, walled off in this self-made compound, ranting and seething about how nobody's paying attention and the imminent demise of God and country and apple pie and freedom and everything that's good in the world and, and sitting there and clinging to your stuff and fearing about all the people conspiring to take it. And I'll admit, having looked inside, I didn't see a whole lot there that I wanted to take, but you know, I'm not a member of the cabal. Of course, that's exactly what a member of the cabal would say. This is a life made poorer by hoarding and protecting and fearing and clinging and, and kind of this hypervigilance, this perpetual state of fear. I, I couldn't imagine spending my one life on this earth so bitter and so angry and so fearful at the same time, just hiding in and waiting for somebody to take your stuff. That's his choice, I guess. It's, it is still a free country. At least that's what they want you to believe. But I think it's a free country. And it reminds me of what it means to have a life enriched by giving. If you live around generous people, and a generous family, and a generous church, and generous neighbors, and a generous community, you probably don't even notice all the millions of little ways your life is enriched by giving and generosity. You know, your parents give you stuff. Your neighbors share. There's all the charities, you know, the nonprofits, all the things they do. To, they keep people from freezing to death or, you know, help them out when the car wrecks or they get sick. There's all the organizations. They build playgrounds. They, you know, they provide, uh, you know, sports for our kids and Boy Scouts and rec activities and, 
and all the tutoring and on and on and on. There's a million ways in our communities, in all of our lives where people give and share of their time and their energy for us and they fill our lives with the riches of their giving. Our loved ones give of their time and their attention and their affection. Our lovers, they give of us themselves. And everyone is better off for it. But you can't count most of those things with money. It all looks on paper like a loss. But in the world, it's a gain. Here's a few ways that it works. And it isn't the universe doing it. First, giving builds goodwill. I give to you. You say, hey, thanks, that's nice, unless you're a jerk. And we generally think better of each other. Somebody gives me something, oh, that's pretty nice, thanks. I think a lot better of that person. Right, you go around your neighborhood giving and giving and lots of people feel good about you. And they give their stuff and people feel good about them. It makes, a ha it makes for happier people. Two, generosity and giving makes us nicer people. You know, the more we cling to possessions, the more we fear losing them, the more that fear starts to take over. And you know what Yoda, and you know what Yoda said? Clinging leads to fear. Fear leads to suspicion. Suspicion leads to building compounds. And building compounds leads to being angry, lonely, conspiracy, ranting guy on Highway 53. Yoda did say that. Look it up. It's in one of the prequels. You just missed it because you were confused with all the CGI. But still, all kidding aside, I've never seen a bitter, generous person. I've never seen an angry, seething, snarling, generous person. I've never seen a generous person build gigantic walls around their house. I mean, not counting all the block walls that we do here in Arizona. I, I've never gotten snipped or yelled at or chewed out or sent hate mail or, you know, some sort of angry screed in my email by a generous person. There's a change in spirit that happens to you when you give freely. And, and some would say that the giving itself does that to you, you know, and, and I buy that somewhat. Uh, but I also think that it's God who gives you the spirit in the first place to do the giving. It's God who, who, who helps you get the strength to do something that goes so against your instincts. My instinct is to prioritize myself, my own security, my own wealth, and my family, and my interests. And it's the spirit that says, no, no, no. Give of what you have, and your life will be enriched by giving away. And three, Giving builds community. You know, I've kind of already said this, but a community where everyone is giving freely is just plain a better place to live. You know, fewer hungry people, fewer people in need, 
more people feeling cared about, uh, more goodwill with the neighbors. Giving freely makes a community with resources. You know, you've got food, you've got agencies, you've got all the work that our church does. If everybody's hoarding and walling off, it's not a fun place to be. And if you fall through the cracks economically or you fall on hard times and everybody's clinging to their stuff, there's no one there to help. So then you have more people on the margins and that doesn't make anything better for anyone. I could keep going, of course. But I have to think that there's something to giving that is inherently godly. There's something about generosity that is so counterintuitive that it has to be a godly thing. And I don't mean trading favors. Proverbs isn't talking about trading favors. It isn't talking about, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? I, I, I vote for you, you give me X, Y, Z. That's trading favors. That's not giving freely. If you're expecting something, it's not freely. It comes with strings. Giving freely doesn't come with strings or an expectation of a return. That's the crazy thing. You give without an expectation of return, and then the return comes in different ways than you gave, usually. But it doesn't make sense that giving will leave you with more. Unless you believe that there's someone in the universe that's there making good what you give, making good things come from it, and filling us with the wisdom and the spirit to see beyond ourselves. Being generous, again, it's not always our first instinct. It's not how we're wired. But look at Jesus. You know, if you want to live like Jesus, that's a whole life of all he ever did was give of himself. But could there be a life that was more meaningful, that enriched more people in all this world? You know, don't look to the universe to make generosity joyful and enriching and meaningful. Look to the God who makes it happen. Look to the God who gives us the strength to carry through with it and maintains us with a joyful, generous, loving spirit. Amen.